There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. You're listening to Blue Jays Nation Radio with Cam Lewis and Tyler Uremchuk, a member of the Nation Network of Podcasts. Blue Jays Nation Radio Offseason Recap Episode 1. Episode 187 in general. It's brought to you by Botano, the 2023 EGR Brand of the Year. Maybe you're still dialed into Major League Baseball postseason. Maybe you're not, and you're like, the only way for me to feel invested is to bet on the Arizona Diamondbacks to keep beating the LA Dodgers. Well, you can do it all at Botano.ca 19+. plus. Please play responsibly. Coombsy, the season's over, but the drama hasn't stopped for the Toronto Blue Jays. It's going to be an interesting few months. Yeah, this is the most pissed off I can remember Jays fans probably ever being like this. The, the closest I can really remember might have been, I don't know, after 2013, there was a lot of hype after all the offseason moves and the thing kind of fell flat. People were pissed off, I guess, the first few months of the year. But were people that mad in the wintertime? Not really. The The sentiment around Ross Atkins is addressed to the media is as doom and gloom as I've ever seen it in Blue Jays land. Yeah, like the the reaction on Twitter to what that dude said in his press conference was about as nasty as I can remember. And honestly, I'm going to put the fan base on the side for a second because it's natural and expected that in the days, weeks following another bad elimination, another season where you came up short of expectations, like the fan base is supposed to be pissed. I was stunned at the way the media was reacting and not just like the fringes of the media. We're talking about Ben Nicholson, Smith, shy Davidi. These guys had some takes and some tweets that were, they were sharp. Like it wasn't a, Hey, let's wait and see coming from Sportsnet rights holder. Let's be patient. Like this can all work out. It was like, Whoa, what was Ross Atkins thinking? That was the most surprising part to me is how the Sportsnet writers guys who are the rights holders who I don't think those, they ever have a muzzle on them or anything like that, but usually you're a little bit more relaxed in your opinions on the team. They act more like journalists, reporters. They had some things to say. Oh yeah. I mean, I'm not going to sit here and call, uh, you know, Shai Davidi, Ben Nicholson, Smith, Arden Zwelling, the Sportsnet employees, some kind of propaganda machine no. for the Blue Jays. Because I think they do a very good job at being objective, despite, you mm-hmm. know, being employed by the same owner that owns the Blue Jays. They're all Rogers employees at the end of the day. But man, especially the article by Shai Davidi, he's, he's usually so calm and so rational, so big picture. And again, I don't think this is just him kissing ass for Rogers. I think that's just, he's a bright guy and that's the yeah. kind of writing he does. Um, the, the, the thing he did with, uh, Shaggy's, it wasn't me. Oh, and just basically God. like, it's pretty, basically just like making fun of Atkins for going out there and being like, ah, 
Like, I mean, honestly, for Atkins, though, like, how can you possibly come out there and and try and throw those past the fans and everybody and think that you're not involved in these decisions? It's insane. But you're you're right. It's 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 the hardest I've definitely seen the media go at the Blue Jays. And, you know, there's there's a lot of media types. Think Steve Simmons, think Rosie D'Amato, Gregor Chisholm, even there's people who are very comfortable being critical of the Jays critical of their front office, critical of their, their shortcomings. But this time it was way harder and I didn't see very many voices suggesting anything otherwise. Yeah. And that's kind of what I meant by it. Obviously not a shot at those guys. Who no. are good they do a great job. It was more of a comment on like, yeah, when Steve Simmons writes an article ripping the blue Jays, you kind of roll your eyes when Sid Sixero throws out whatever the fuck he wants to throw out, you kind of roll your eyes and are like, okay, like someone's looking for the attention. Someone's looking for the engagement bait. But when it's the shy Davides and the Arden Zwellings, you're kind of just like my eyebrows were raised up like they are right now. And I was just like, man, it's bad behind the scenes. And I wonder if there isn't a pretty gnarly disconnect between John Schneider and Ross Atkins. And maybe that's some reporters ways of sticking up for the guy they need to talk to every day in the season and saying like, Hey man, like we see your side here. Like that, that was for a lack of a more intelligent phrase. That's some clown shit from Ross Atkins. Um, it's stunning, but after all that, Atkins says John Schneider is going to stick around as the manager for 2024. Were you surprised to see him commit back to Schneider as early and quickly as he did? I'm not really surprised to hear Atkins say that he's committed himself um, in his version of the press conference. What I'm interested to see is when Shapiro talks on Thursday, if any of this is actually real, and any of this actually matters. I think Atkins was able to come out and talk. And I honestly wonder if there is a bit of a weather balloon going out here and seeing how people react to what's going on. And, you know, if, if, if it feels like the sentiment is Schneider's at fault for this, then maybe that's the way they go and bring in their third manager under Atkins, which I mean, honestly seems kind of insane. Can you really fire two guys at some point? It's your fault. These are your guys. These are your players. This is your team. This is your strategy. It falls on you. And that's what I wonder if what we're going to see on Thursday is uh, should power pull the carpet underneath all of this and say, you know what, we're bringing in a new GM, the GM will decide. So, I mean, if Ross Atkins is committed to Schneider or not, I'm not really sure he has the agency to make that decision right now. I'm still not necessarily sure that he is the GM moving forward. I'm, I'm interested to see what happens on Thursday. I, I think there's a better chance that we see Schneider back than Ross Atkins. And I just look at this as if you're Rogers and you're keeping tabs on, again, what's being written on your company website about the team that you own and have the rights to it is all anti ross atkins the fan base in a way and and this is my stance on it too i've almost now become more sympathetic to john schneider even if it was entirely his call to yank jose Brios, it was him and don mattingly and whatever one analytics guy apparently sits in the little chair in the corner and blurts things out like ross atkins wants us to believe even if that was the case if you're ross atkins You are a terrible leader and a terrible boss. If you come out after all that and throw your guy under the bus like that, I have lost all confidence in this dude's ability. One, looking back at last winter, I lose some confidence in this dude's ability. Looking at the deadline, lose a little bit of confidence in this dude's ability. The Paul DeYoung trade. Someone had a great tweet saying Ross Atkins is going to come out and say John Schneider traded for Paul DeYoung. Um, But like, how can you sit there and not have the most basic team sports approach of we win as a team, we lose as a team. Were there decisions that we regret as a club? Yep, I think so. And leave it at that. There was zero reason, unless what you're saying, I guess, is a good theory of it's the weather balloon to see if the fan base would latch on to this anti-Schneider approach and then they could gas them. But 
I just, I could not believe the lack of empathy for a teammate who like, even if John Schneider did act alone, like you want us to believe Ross Atkins, go out there and stand up for your guy. If he's coming back next year. It's, it's bizarre to try for me that they, that Atkins, and I don't want to say they, cause I don't want to say that I don't like the idea that everyone's working in cahoots and they've come up with every line that Atkins says before his press conference is something Shapiro's whispered in his ear. And he's just, you know, I don't want to believe that everyone here is just a puppet. So I'm just talking about Atkins separately. And it's, um, it's kind of shocking that they tried to throw that by everyone saying, you know, this is, um, John Schneider's decision at the end of the day, he's got his team. They came up with that together. And then, you know, there's reports that have come out that you say Kikuchi was told before the game prepare that you can come in in the fourth inning. That's why he was warming in the second. It, it wasn't just random, but the thing is they're trying to sneak this past everyone when they did the same thing in 2020 in the, in the pretend playoffs during the COVID season is again, like I said in the last show, it's, it's not the exact same thing having Matt Shoemaker and Jose Barrios in these situations. But at the end of the day, they executed this exact strategy in game one of the wild card round against Tampa in 2020 Shoemaker was pitching. Well, he could have maybe gone another inning, maybe not. And they brought in Robbie Ray and combined, they pitched six innings and allowed one run and it worked. And that's great. And, you know, we all saw that this is the strategy. This is the kind of stuff you guys do. You're the, you know, you're supposed to be the big budget Rays or the big budget Cleveland or whatever. And this is the stuff you do. So why not just stand by it? Why not just come out and say, look, we're an anal- analytically inclined ball club and we stand by our process. I, I don't know. Like the, 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 the press conference that Atkins had, it seemed like you're appeasing to nobody. You're not appeasing to the, you know, hockey style fans in Canada who are, you know, raw, raw, you robbed Barrios of the, uh, of the, of the start. Like we said, you're not really appeasing to the more analytically inclined fans that you have who are interested in you saying that you're attached to a process and you want to see it through. You're not appeasing to anyone. You're just coming out there and giving a story that everyone finds disingenuous and how can people feel good about the future of the team right now when when this is what's going on behind the scenes it's how do you feel good about this group coming through and and doing better when everything behind the curtain sort of seems rotten it does um (laughs) i don't know what's gonna happen i really have a tough time predicting what's gonna happen over the course of the next three months in this organization because like it would not totally stun me to see them bring everything back. And there's a couple of free agent ads, maybe a trade, but if next year it's Shapiro Atkins Schneider leading things off the field and on the field, the top three of our batting order is still Springer Bowen Vlad. Like that would not surprise me if like the key pieces and both sides of things are brought back. But again, like with Rogers just being so tightly tied to the TV deal and owning the team and all the content around it. Like they have so much directly invested in this that it also wouldn't stun me if someone sitting in an office somewhere was incredibly pissed off and went to Mark Shapiro and said, burn it, burn it down. We're restarting. Yeah. That's an interesting one too, because we have to ask ourselves, like we're, you know, we as fans, I guess, have a different kind of approach. Like we're, we're hardcore fans who pay attention every day and, you know, want the team to win. But the Blue Jays have also in the Shapiro era, I guess you can kind of notice this now with the Renos and what they've done. They do different giveaways and themes and things like that. They've created more of an atmosphere that caters to the Blue Jays being like a 
like a casual thing that people do for fun. And at the end of the day, Rogers, I think signed on for this. And this is where you'll see the value of the, you know, premium luxury seating in the lower level, the restaurants up there, blah, blah, blah. Like all these different things they're doing. You know, Rogers is obviously going to be pissed. They didn't get three playoff home games this year as anticipated, but are they also that pissed off with the 3 million fans that came during the season? I don't think that I'm not sure there's going to be much of a significant change until people stop watching. And if, you know, if you pay attention to the other Toronto sports teams, the other two big ones, do people stop watching the Leafs when they lose in the first round of the playoffs every year? Did they stop watching the Leafs when they're rebuilding? Have people stopped going to Raptors games? Like they're nowhere near contending. No, it's, I don't know. I'm, I think that Rogers might be happy with the way things are ran and the way they figured out ways to different revenue streams and things like that. Maybe they're just happy with it. And this is the way things are going to be. The Jays are going to be a 85 to 90 win team that gets in most years and is never really that good. Maybe that's just fine. Maybe that's what we are. And maybe another argument against the burn it down thing and more to what you're saying is, Hey, they're going to have another big expensive set of set of renovations going around this winter. Do they want to sit there and have to try sell a rebuild to the fan base with this shiny new ballpark that (laughs) they've just invested hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars in? Probably not. They probably want to keep selling us on the Toronto Blue Jays are a contender. They can do it. If Bowen Vlad pop again next year, like, you know, Vlad has a bounce back, all this stuff, the rotations coming back. There are pillars here that you can very easily sell the fan base on. And I fully expect myself to be drinking the Kool-Aid during training next year (laughs) when that happens. I know I'm kind of stupid that way, but like, you know, I could just see it. It's a very easy sell. Like, so maybe the tear it down approach is unlikely. Yeah. Like, I mean, I'll be honest. I feel like I, 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 I don't know if I really feel this way. Like I probably wouldn't actually be thrilled to watch the team go through a rebuild. That would suck, but I wouldn't hate it personally. If they did like a little retool and tried something different and maybe missed out for a couple of years and, you know, tried to change things around at the core level. But again, like, like, like we just said there, you're not going to get people in the premium seats buying, you know, $22 drinks and doing all that. If the team's going to win 70 games in the season, you're not going to have people in the seats in August and September. So I I'd be shocked if there were any significant change. But I don't know. We'll see what Shapiro says on Thursday. It's it's definitely an interesting thing that they spoke. It's weird they spoke Atkins. They put him out there. Uh, it's not surprising they did it on Thanksgiving weekend. Nobody's surprised by that. You know, they 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 tried to bury the news day. It's weird that Atkins is talking and then Shapiro is talking like five days later. That that to me is a little bizarre. Why you'd think he would be on back to back? Like why couldn't it be Atkins Friday, Shapiro Saturday, right? Yeah. Um, also I think that plan was grossly miscalculated just from my own personal experience. They did the thing on Saturday and sure there's no sports talk radio to really dissect it. But in today's day and age with Twitter being as alive as it is 24 seven. Also, I went to two family Thanksgivings, you know, and in Edmonton, I was asked about the blue Jays shit show way more than the Edmonton Oilers or anything like that, or hockey season. Like it gave everyone a chance to talk to their insane uncle. And like, I think that it added fuel to the fire, given everyone the long weekend to have nothing but stew on like what Ross Atkins had to say. Well, for, for context, just to give a peek behind the curtains for us, Blue Jays nation is already 50% of the way to its highest ever month for page view traffic. And we're only, it's only calculated the first eight days of the month. So that's, that's including nothing from October the 9th through eight days. We're already halfway there. So that's uh, that's how people feel about the people on the site. Yeah. 
Jesus Christ. It's just, it's chaos. And the comment sections are full. Like I have never seen anything like this. I've never seen people this pissed off about the Blue Jays. People are fed the fuck up. People are, I think a lot of fans were just insulted when Atkins came out and just tried to throw Schneider under the bus there. It was like, how dumb do you actually think the fans are? Yeah. I, I think people were insulted by it. Like there, there's, there's been a long period of dislike for these guys from Cleveland. And a lot of people gave them the benefit of the doubt for quite a bit of time. And now it's, it's getting to the point where it's really hard to back it up anymore. Yeah. All right. So here's how we're going to work for uh, this podcast this week. We're going to keep this one tight, probably only about 25, 30 minutes. And then we're going to do another pod after Shapiro speaks on Thursday, because I mean, a lot can change in the 48 hours or 72 hours up until that point. So we'll have another episode of the pod before the end of the week. But let's keep talking about a few other things. Ross Atkins said it was very interesting to hear him use the term we'll miss Matt Chapman, (laughs) Kevin Kiermaier and Brandon Belt. Matt Chapman, the last time we heard from him, said he's open to re-signing here and he likes Toronto. He loves the organization, the city, all of that stuff. He said all the right things. But Ross Atkins is kind of closing the door on it. That was surprising. Like Kiermaier and Belt, I assumed they're not coming back. Belt might retire. Kevin Kiermaier was pretty open about, hey, I want to play somewhere with grass. And it's very easy to understand. Oh, if you go play somewhere with a grass outfield, you could extend your career three or four more years. Like, yeah, go do that, man. That's good for you. But the Chapman one is like, if, if this guy's open to coming back, I know he had a pretty miserable second half, but that probably just brings down his contract cost. I, I don't think they should be slamming the door shut on him is my point. No, it's another one of those things. It's just shocking. Like, why is this being put into the press conference? How are you talking about it like that? It's it's stunning to talk. Any, I mean, he clarified a few minutes later. Oh, I didn't mean to talk about them in the past tense, but it kind of feels like a bit of a slip. It feels fairly obvious that you're not going to pony up the cash to keep Matt Chapman around. And it's just, again, it's a weird thing that that this this entire press conference was just littered with these landmines that Ross Atkins. It's it's that it's the Simpsons scene where Sideshow Bob's walking on all those rakes and he just continues walking to the parking lot. And stepping on it slams him in the face and it's just like he's dropping these grenades on himself you're talking in the past tense about players who are still there players who the fan base like you know Kevin Kiermaier became a fan favorite immediately Matt Chapman again didn't have the, the a great finish to the season but he's still a good player one that a, a lot of fans like and to just talk about it like this like it's again it's so soulless it's yeah. It's the same thing as how Schneider was thrown under the bus and we're pretending that it was, you know, like it's, it's all so fake. It's, it's, it's frustrating to watch. It's, I can understand why people are as pissed off as they are. And that's kind of what they, every time we talk about anything, that's what I just keep coming back to. And it wasn't a one-time slip up either. Cause he added onto it and said, they're going to explore opportunities to fill those internally, yeah. externally, whatever. Like, okay. So it's not like you just slipped up once. We're like, ah, oh, we'll miss them. Or like, no, like that seemed again, kind of on purpose. Um, he added well, the free agent market is weak this year. Yeah. I mean, it is at the same time. Shohei Otani. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I think there's enough interesting fits out there for the Jays that if they really wanted to spend and fill the holes that I think they need to spend, they could probably do it. I don't think we need to dig too far into the free agent class this year, but I think they should be looking to add one of the big names on the market. Yeah, I mean, like the Otani thing is the, the, that's the other weird thing about Atkins kind of coming out and saying what he did about free agency is like, oh, one of our big things that we have going for us right now is that the exact same team is perfect and we're going to bring him back and fill the holes internally is kind of the way it comes across, whether that's accurate or not. Of course, they're going to make some ads. They're not going to not do anything, but that's the way it was kind of presented to the audience when he was talking about it. And it's a weird thing to say when everyone's so excited about Otani's free agency that free agency class is terrible because yes, there isn't the depth, but at the end of the day, there is 
perhaps the most game-changing talent in baseball available to whoever wants them. So it isn't technically a bad free agency class. And speaking about it that way makes it sort of seem like, all right, even if, as Shadavidi said in his post, Otani's more open to being on the Eastern seaboard. And he was impressed by the Blue Jays' uh, player development resources and their facility in Dunedin, I think it was. Even if you are throwing things like that out there, eh, the GM seems to think that the best thing going this offseason is the internal depth. So probably not much reason to get excited about the best player in baseball signing with the Blue Jays. But Shai Davidi had that line and he also like when he laid out, hey, adding another country to this thing, like Otani by all accounts is a pretty smart business guy when you look at what he's done with his deals outside of his just baseball salary. The idea of having an entire country flocked by Shohei Otani jerseys is you can connect the dots a little there too and be like, oh, that would actually kind of make sense. But my favorite potential target for them is for the second straight offseason. It's Cody Bellinger, man. When you look at his ability to play the outfield, he can defend well. He can play first base. He's a left-handed bat. So you're talking about a guy who you could move Varsho to center. Bellinger could play center. Boom, you're covered for Kiermaier. He, in a way, covers you for Brandon Belt because you could put him at first base and he's that left-handed bat to throw in the middle of the order. I am not going into this offseason with expectations of them signing Otani. I am expecting that they're going to take a hard run at Cody Bellinger. It's a no brainer to me. Yeah, I think it makes sense. Well, this has happened in the past. I remember it was, I think it was before they signed Hyunjin Ryu. It was before Kevin Gosman had gone to San Francisco, maybe in his season between Baltimore and Atlanta. I think it was, he was a free agent and the Jays tried to sign him and he wound up going to the giants because their, their pitching department was better. And then he wound up signing with the Jays a few years later, of course, the big contract after he had figured things out in San Francisco, this is the thing that Jays have done. They, they show interest in a guy. It doesn't work out. And then two years later it happens, you know, it would have been nice to get Cody Bellinger on the one-year cheap contract and get that great season. But when they missed out on Bellinger last offseason, they brought in Kiermaier and Belt essentially became that player through two players. So if, if they want to replace both Kiermaier and Belt, the way to go is, is Bellinger. But it's not going to be a cheap one because he had a damn good season. I also wouldn't be surprised. Like we, I think we both checked Otani off. Neither of us expect that to happen. I wouldn't be surprised to see the rumors that they've kicked tires on both uh, Teoscar and Guriel. I mean... Why not? Right. It is kind of what they need. They, they were both pretty sorely missed this season and they're back on the market. So maybe never yeah. know. The other thing on just quickly on Bellinger, I feel like because of his career arc and like the fact he burst onto the scene so yeah. young, got so good and then got so bad and then was a free agent that you could have on the one year prove it deal. I always assume he's older than he is. He just turned 28, man. Like the idea of giving Cody Bellinger a five-year deal is not the most absurd thing in the world because I think he could be productive for most of it. It's also not as difficult to stomach signing Bellinger to a contract like that. If you start to come to the conclusion, you're probably not going to give Vladdy that contract. Mm -hmm. I mean... The, the player you just described in Cody Bellinger sounds very familiar. It's the player who jumped onto the scene. He had that huge season. Bellinger and Vladdy didn't have the exact same things happen. I, I'm aware of that, but I've always kind of wondered is, uh, <laughs> are things going to work out for Vladdy better if he just moves on elsewhere? And I don't know, I'm not saying the Jays are going to trade him or do anything like that this off season, but every off season, it's always a talk Bo and Vlad long-term contracts. And I have a hard time imagining there's going to be much Vladdy, you know, long-term contract talk this winter. There'll be both contract talk, but I think the Jays should be a bit more comfortable signing a guy like Bellinger, given his age to the years he'll probably command because the Vladdy investment is, is looking like a very risky one right now. 
Um, the other thing to keep an eye on is the idea of players being posted from overseas. And I mean, the Jays have always been interested in these guys. I mean, there was, I'm can't believe I'm blanking on his name, uh, signed with the Red Sox. Uh, Yoshida. Yoshida. Thank you. Um, but Yoshinobu Yamamoto is a right-handed arm who a lot of people believe can jump right into a rotation and be a two or a three in a good rotation. So if he's posted, I think the Jays probably take a look at that because they always seem to want to go grab these kinds of guys. So I wouldn't hate that either. We can maybe dig more again into some names on Friday's episode of the pod. Um, but let's continue on with Ross Atkins. We got a little sidetracked. Speaking of who could be the fifth starter for this team. Yep. Is it going to be Alec Manoa next year? Who knows? Atkins confirmed in his press conference that there was pushback from Manoa and his camp when it came to his last demotion of the year. Atkins says he's optimistic that uh, Manoa is going to be a Blue Jay, said he hasn't asked for a trade. Positive, I guess. There's one positive to pull from the Atkins presser. Yeah, I guess. I, I really feel like with the Manoa thing, I mean, it's if you're going to have to trade him this offseason after the year he just had and the drama with everything, man, oh, man, you are not going to have a good time. So I, I do think no matter what crap happened or what was said, if he, you know, freaked out and got really mad about his demotion, nobody knows what that looked like or what that happened. I don't know. But at the end of the day, what would be ideal is if he went into the offseason motivated, came back to spring for spring training and was fighting for a job, had to earn it and had a great season. And yeah. that'd be great. And if the relationship is terrible and it's, you know, the, the, there's no long term between the two sides and he wants to move on, then maybe that's something that happens down the road, but doing it this winter after everything that just happened, there's no way the blue Jays are going to do well in that situation. So I, I hope he sticks around. Yeah, it would be uh, it would be incredibly stupid. Um, all right, let's uh, let's put a pin in the Atkins stuff for just a little bit here. And uh, let's step aside here for a quick break. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is plush care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. All right, back on episode 187 of Blue Jays Nation Radio, brought to you by Botano Major League Baseball's postseason is still rolling along, even if you're one of the people who tries to ignore it. Um, there's been some really interesting results here. To get us caught up on that, we bring in our producer, Brett Holden, and I know what team you cheer for. 
Uh, I can't imagine this is going to be a lot of fun for you to go through. Yeah, no, we're going to leave that one to the end for a very good reason. Let's start with the final AL East team still in the postseason, and that's the Baltimore Orioles. And the Baltimore Orioles are really putting the real good elite division title on the AL East right now as they are down two games to none to the Texas Rangers as it was a close one in game one, a 3-2 win for the Rangers. And I have a feeling if the Texas Rangers keep going on deeper in this playoffs, we are going to know a lot about Evan Carter. One for two in game one with a double, two walks, an RBI. His double was in the fourth, which also was an RBI double to get the scoring going for them. Jonah Heim also having a pretty good uh, second half of the season too. He's always been quietly one of those really good hitting catchers as well. He gets an RBI single as well in that fourth. And Josh Young homered in the six. And then while Aroldis Chapman was doing Aroldis Chapman things in the eighth inning, the bases were almost loaded ground ball right to Josh Young, who rolls that double play and gets Aroldis Chapman and the Texas Rangers out of that inning and eventually go on to win game one. And then in game two, those Rangers just slotted again 11 to 8 win for them there now the Orioles did go up in the bottom of the first inning there thanks to an Aaron Hicks bases loaded single but five runs in the second inning for the Rangers four runs in the third and that was basically all they would need there the uh, Orioles would try and chip away but it wouldn't be enough that is why they're down 2-0 in this series now Game three goes tomorrow and all AL East teams who have played in the postseason so far this year. Oh, and six. So all this crap we were talking about, the AL Central, AL West. Well, it caught up to us here. Let's move on to the teams who are playing in the AL or representing the AL West and the AL Central. The Twins and the Astros. A 1-1 series there as the Astros would take game one of that series, six to four. And who else? Playoffs, Astros. Jose Altuve, nobody get the garbage bins, nobody say. <laughs> he hits a homer on the first pitch he sees, and that would set the tone. The Astros would go on to score five, one in the first, two in the third, and two more in the fifth. Now, the Twins roared back in the, uh, the seventh, excuse me, with four runs of their own, but Houston would put it out of reach with a run there. Jordan Alvarez is having a series for them there in game one, two for three with two homers, three RBIs and two runs. And of course, Justin Verlander starting that one off six innings pitch, four hits, no earned runs and six strikeouts. I mentioned Jordan Alvarez. Now the, the Houston Astros did lose in game two, six to two, but Alvarez hit another homer in that game. Another player to keep watch for, for potential postseason MVP and Carlos Correa, former Houston Astro, a guy who was really questionable going into the postseason. He, had a massive game to three for four with two doubles, a walk and three RBIs. Pablo Lopez, their big acquisition in the offseason, seven, seven innings pitch, excuse me, no earned runs and seven strikeouts. Now, let's go to the other side, the National League, the Phillies and the Braves. I think this one's going to be the most exciting series we've got. And it's the Phillies who are up by a game, a big three nothing win for them. And who else? 
But MV3, Bryce Harper, two for two with a homer, two walks, an RBI, two runs. His homer came in the sixth. Now, here's how the Phillies got their runs. I mentioned the Harper home run. Bryson Stott would uh, single to score Harper as well in the fourth. And then in the eighth, catcher interference from Sean Murphy on... The other team's catcher, JT Real Mundo, with the bases loaded. It is, I mean, it's almost like insider trading at that point. (laughs) Trey Turner would uh, come on to score as the bases were loaded. That was in the top of the eighth, and that would put basically the game out of reach. Game two goes tonight. And finally, Dodgers and the D-backs. Come on. Speak up, Brett. That was sad. That was uh that's might be the end for uh old Clayton Kershaw. Listen, okay, yes, the D backs won eleven two. Okay, let's put that away. Kershaw was poo-poo. He threw one uh third of an inning, actually. He only threw a third of an inning, got one out, six hits, six runs, a homer, a walk, and a one hundred and sixty-two point zero ERA. Not too bad if you ask me. Now listen to the RBI scores here for the uh, D-backs. Corbin Carroll getting two. Tommy Pham, don't get mad at him about fantasy. Christian Walker. Gabby Moreno got three RBIs himself. Lourdes Gurriel, a couple of former uh, Blue Jays there. Alec Thomas and I even forgot Evan Longoria playing for the D-backs. Two RBIs in that game. Now the only player and if we want to f- f- have the Jays Nation pissed off once again, the only player to hit a homer off Clayton Kershaw in that game, Gabby Moreno. Yeah. Right. He looks game good. He looks real good. Two goes tonight. So, uh, Bobby Miller, I'm putting all my hope into him, baby. <laughs> <laughs> those, uh, those Dodgers are not the same as they used to be. They got to send Clayton Kershaw down to the Florida Complex League after allowing six runs and getting only one out. Yeah, we got to see how uh, Cody Bellinger does this season. All right. Thanks, Brett. No worries. Thanks, guys. Coombsy, quickly in the last couple of minutes here, uh, the Mourinho stuff is taking over Jay's Twitter as well. Like Everything's Atkins or Mourinho right now. I think the measured take on this is when you look at the regular season as a whole, Dalton Varsho was great in the outfield. Dalton Varsho, you know, at times showed a power bat, and he, and he himself is still very young. It's not like they made this trade for a 30-year-old. I, I think, you know, Mourinho might be a star. He might be. Yeah. And it might end up being a really bad trade. But I think to come to that conclusion because of one at bat with Clayton Kershaw is a little bit like, eh. But it's still very impressive to see what he's doing in his first postseason run. Yeah, it is. I mean, he he looks like the kind of player who could wind up being like a Yaddy or Molina behind the plate, which was the worry when you traded him. He was one of the top prospects in baseball. But at the end of the day, no one's worrying about this trade. If Alejandro Kirk has the season in 2023 that he did 2022, he was an all-star and a silver slugger. And the Jays lost that production behind the plate. They lost that production in a lot of different ways. What this trade kind of looks like now for Atkins is it's sort of like his R.A. Dickey trade. Dickey came in and he wasn't as good as people thought he was going to be. But at the end of the day, he did what the Blue Jays needed, which was soak up innings. And what Dalton Barshow does is provide them with excellent gold glove caliber defense in the outfield. And that's what they needed. And hopefully the bat comes around. Otherwise this doesn't look very good. But at the end of the day, the, the Jays made the trade for the, they, they, they had to let go of Mourinho. That's who everybody wanted. People weren't going to trade for Kirk. They weren't going to trade for Jansen a couple years away from free agency. That was the catcher who was going to go. It is what it is. There's, there's some things to be pissed off at Atkins for, but I don't know as much as that trade sucks. It's they fill the need and, they had a, an area of strength and that's the way it goes. 
Yeah, I was talking to Brett before we started recording today, and like he really wasn't a damned if he did, damned if he didn't scenario because yeah. he couldn't come back with all three catchers for another year. They had to deal from that position of strength. So were you going to trade Jansen for pennies? Were you going to trade Kirk for pennies because no one had a ton of interest in them? Or do you take the best available trade for Gabby Moreno? And that was the best available trade for Gabby Moreno. Was it foolish in hindsight? Like maybe, maybe they'll really regret this. Also, maybe Gabby Moreno has one good postseason and goes and is just an average catcher for the rest of his career. And this deal's non non consequential. But I don't know. I just feel like people are really freaking out because of that one home run. And I know he's done a lot of good things this year. I'm not trying to take away from that, but it just feels like we're going to be stuck in one of those things where every yeah. time he does something now, yeah. it'll be a thing on Twitter for 24 hours and we'll have to wait for it to flush out. Yeah, it's it's going to be one of those ones where you can't provide the context. It you don't have to love it, but it makes some sense. But at the end of the day, the people who want to get mad about this kind of thing are going to get mad about it when it appears. So it is what it does. All right, that is a wrap on episode one eighty seven. Things are uh, things are not getting any less interesting around the Toronto Blue Jays. Coombsy and I will be back on Friday with a fresh episode of the Pod to break down the Mark Shapiro press conference. Make sure in the meantime hitting that subscribe button wherever you get your podcast from, hitting that subscribe button over on our YouTube as well. That's a wrap on the pod. Coombs, you will chat Friday. Best wishes. Thanks for tuning in to Blue Jays Nation Radio. Don't forget to like and subscribe wherever you get your podcast from to never miss an episode. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.